Andy's funny. Time for the show. We live in a divided world, divided religiously, politically, and economically. Oftentimes in our world, we want to run away from tough conversations that divide us about grief, pain, and loss. We want to avoid topics like shame, guilt, and pride. We'd rather escape to our phones instead of engaging in real conversations. I know this because I do this. So I created the Winter Faith Podcast. The Winter Faith Podcast is focused on creating conversations to promote spiritual and emotional growth through faith, apathy, and everything in between. So let's talk to each other. Yet more importantly, let's listen to each other. Let's continue the conversation. My name is Andy, and I have Winter Faith. Let's get into it. at the start of the episode. So yeah, let's get into it. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm joined by Wes McAdams, who is a, a minister and somebody who has his own podcast. How are you doing today, Wes? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me. I just told you this, but I've, I've listened to your podcast a couple times and read your... One of the things when I started listening to your podcast was you talked about creating conversations and... You also mentioned coffee, so that made me happy as well. Two things Absolutely. that I try to do is create conversations for people that maybe disagree and, uh, you know, enjoy a cup of coffee is something I love. Um, podcast is based on that kind of that concept. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that we have responsibility as Christians to create um, and model, maybe that's the best word, to model civil conversations. We have, we have a responsibility to model what civility, what um, kind, uh, generous, gentle, self-controlled conversations look like. Uh, we should not only model the fruit of the Spirit in our life, in the things that we do, but also in the way that we talk. Um, and I think that uh, the internet, especially social media, has created an atmosphere where people are very defensive, um, and we, we don't model uh, civil conversation. That's not just Christians. Uh, lots of people don't model civil conversation, don't model just good, gentle, kind, uh, generous conversation. Um, and I think the church has a responsibility uh, not only to engage in conversations about various issues and ideas and worldviews, but also to do it in a way that's, that's kind, a way that's... Uh, that's modeling the fruit of the spirit. So that was the the basic idea is that I wanted to model those kind of conversations by having those kind of conversations and then encourage people not just to engage with me or the, the guests that I have on my podcast, uh, but to, to have those kind of conversations. That's what I say in my intro every week is that uh, I want to encourage people to have conversations like this with the people in their life. And, and so that, that's the idea is that uh, we can grow a lot as individuals and we can help other people grow uh, if we engage in conversation in the right way, in a way that is uh, filled with the spirit. Absolutely. And I was thinking about there's texts in the Bible where, you know, Paul disagrees with Peter and it says that he confronts him to his face. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've always, yeah. you know, and um, even Paul had 
uh, you know, had issues with other people on, on his, on his journeys where they'd part ways. One person goes another place and, you know, Paul goes on his way with somebody else. And, um, so we even have like in the new Testament, people disagreeing as they're, as they're, you know, as they're spreading Christianity and spreading the message of Jesus. And you look at um, Jesus kind of confronting people. So I guess one of the things, creating conversations is important. How does, um, uh, I guess, confrontation, um, where does that factor in? Do you have any ideas about that? I, just yeah, I think, I think that, that uh, I think sometimes we have this tendency to engage in disagreement all at the same volume and all at the same level, uh, not recognizing that there disagreement and conflict, confrontation, admonishment, all of those things require discernment and wisdom to know at what level should I disagree with this person? Um, at what volume should I disagree with this person? Um, if when Jesus confronted people and, and did so harshly, and we might even use the word harsh, right. um, that, that he, he did that with people that were religious leaders, people that were supposed to be teachers, people that were leading people astray, people that were um, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, so to speak. And so um, th those are the people that he was harsh with. Those were the people that he, that the volume was turned up, so to speak. And Paul the same way. Um, and the the matters on which he was disagreeing with someone so when paul was the harshest for instance galatians galatians is an incredibly harsh book um but but it was because the the false teachers that he was dealing with and it's within that book that he mentions his conflict with peter and how he admonished him to his face and and when he's dealing with those issues he's dealing with essentially what we would call racism um, uh, culturalism, right. maybe even, uh, but he, but he's you've got Jewish Christians who believe that they are uh, the only ones that have they have a corner on uh, a covenant relationship with God, and Peter is playing into that. Peter is uh, disassociating himself with Gentile believers, and Paul says you're walking in a way that's not in step with the gospel. And so, for an apostle of Jesus to be living a hypocritical, what Paul calls hypocritical life, a life that's not in step with the gospel, well, that's a big issue. That's not a little thing. Um, and so it's, it's not a matter of is tea or coffee better. You know, I mean, there's, right. there's things that we can disagree about and we can do so in a way that's, you know, we're not taking a hard dogmatic stance. And there's a lot even, even within scripture that, okay, well, I see where you're coming from and, oh, I see where you're coming from and, oh, that's a different point of view and I've never heard that perspective. And there's all kinds of uh, different areas that we could disagree on. And then there's what is essentially heresy, what is mm -hmm. not in step with the gospel. Um, and that might call for a little bit more uh, dogmatic of a stance. But then at the same time, I think we also have to recognize that I'm not Jesus and I'm not even an apostle, you know? And so, so where Jesus may have been able to see it, not may have been, but he was able to see into the hearts and minds of people. Um, I'm not able to do that. Um, and where Paul had direct revelation from Jesus uh, to know what to say and what not to say and, and how to handle a situation and uh, what, what was true and versus some of these other things, um, you know, that, that's a little bit different than our situation. So we have to approach it with a little more humility, a little more gentleness uh, than, maybe, than maybe they did. Um, and, and always love. You know, so Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 
you know, describes what love looks like. Love isn't arbitrary. It's not ambiguous to what, what, uh, what does love mean? It means being patient and kind and gentle and self-control. I mean, it, that's, what, that's what love looks like. Um, and so we have to engage with people in love, even if we disagree. And the level at which we disagree and how dogmatic we are, it really depends on the, on the conversation and the issue that we're discussing. Yeah, and I, I think you bring up, I mean, several good points. One of them that I was thinking about is just Jesus had harsher words for the religious leaders. And when I think about uh, you being a minister and me, um, you know, being a minister at, at my work, that's very convicting to me. I think that, you know, Paul was really harsh with, with Peter at times and vice versa. Jesus was very harsh with Peter. I think that's because there was a level of, okay, these guys have leadership in the future and he knows that and he sees, you know, he sees them as leaders. So that's very convicting to me. And I'm just wondering, um, when did you, when did you start your podcast? I, I, when I was working in Abilene, um, I don't remember how many years ago it was. We're, we're on the fourth season now and each season has about 20, 25, uh, different episodes. Okay. So, uh, but when I was in Abilene and the way it, it really started was it, it didn't really start with conversations that disagree and probably most of the conversations on the podcast are not disagreeable. Mm -hmm. um, they're not over issues on which we disagree, but, but they, they may touch on things with which other people may disagree. And, and right. there may be some, some points of um, disagreement as we go through an issue, but it really started with uh, a couple friends of mine in Abilene at the church I was working with there. And we were having these conversations anyway, mm -hmm. um, kind of iron sharpening iron types of conversations where we were talking about uh, mostly the things I had been preaching about or maybe Bible classes or things we were studying or things we were thinking about. And we were having these conversations that would go for an hour or whatever. Yeah. And we said, well, why don't we just record these? You know, we get other people not only in on the conversation because they may gain something from the conversation itself, but also to encourage people to have deep spiritual conversations and to mm -hmm. not work. I think sometimes we don't engage in those conversations because we're afraid we're going to disagree or because we're afraid we don't know enough. And we say, well, you know, I'm not a preacher or I'm not a minister or I'm not a deacon or whatever, you know, so I don't know enough to engage in those conversations. That's, that's, that's nonsense. You know, we all, right. um, we, we grow by, by just jumping into it and talking about it and even saying, I'm not sure about this. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an opinion or I, I haven't studied that enough. And as we talk about these things, we grow and, and it's just, it's a necessary discipline uh, for spiritual growth to have spiritual conversations. And so often, even in the church, our conversations are limited to football or, um, or the weather or, you know, what's going on with our family. And those things have their place. But if we're not having spiritual conversations about scripture and about Jesus and about how we're doing in our walk with Jesus and all of these things, then uh, we're missing out on, on a big part of, of what Jesus has in mind for the church, for a community that's founded on faith. And if we're not talking about our faith and having those faith conversations, then we're, we're really missing out. So have you felt like you've gotten growth since, since doing this, since kind of hitting the record button and putting yourself out there a little bit more? What has been the growth like for you as a leader and as a minister? Yeah, I would say, I, I mean, I, I don't know that, that I could pinpoint 
the the conversations on the podcast specifically as as being um, an area of of personal growth. But I would say it's a it's a component of one of the areas of biggest growth. So I would say that that my personal growth um, has come about through conversations, some of which have been recorded and some of which haven't been recorded. Right. Uh, but but there's nothing like sitting down, like you said, for a cup of coffee and right. talking about life and faith with uh, our friends, with our brothers, with our sisters. Um, I've got an episode that's coming out soon with a, with a man who is an atheist. Um, and so he's not even a believer at all. Um, he, he was, um, but he, he lost his faith sadly. Um, but it was even helpful to, to have a conversation with him, but that's a conversation that I've been having with this particular gentleman, uh, for two years now. And so we've been talking for a couple of years and it's helped me, uh, to process, um, how does an atheist feel about the way we talk about atheists? How does he feel about the way we talk about faith and lack of faith? Um, and so that conversation for two years has been incredibly beneficial and helpful for me. Um, and, and yeah, the, the 30 minute conversation we had, uh, with the record button going was great as well and, and helpful. Um, but, but that's just the podcast part of it is just a small sampling of the conversations that, that I get to have every day of the week. And, and there's tremendous, tremendous blessing and growth in, in having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had, I guess, people um, close to me that will listen to my show and just be like, I want to have conversations with you like that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I guess I'm, uh, I don't know if you've ever faced this, but it's like, I have these great conversations recording stuff. I don't know if I'm like mentally prepared, like I'm going to do this. And then I get out, I get out of the recording studio, which I don't have. But anyways, I get out of the space of recording and then I go to just a normal space and it's like I'm not turning it on as much. So I feel like it's almost motivated me to be a better listener and to realize how unfocused I am sometimes with like people I really need to be focused with. Um, so that, that's been, I don't know, have you ever felt anything like that? Yeah, I, I, that's uh, no, no. I think that's that's a great example and a great way to put it. And I think that that's true in a lot of areas in our life um, when we sort of force ourselves, or we have an atmosphere or a schedule that forces us to do something that we ought to do anyway. Right. Um, it's it's beneficial, uh, but it's especially beneficial if we find ways to work that into our daily life. So, I mean, it's the same thing with Bible study or mm. uh, listening to a sermon or singing praises or prayer, you know, coming to worship, coming to the assembly, uh, it sort of forces us to, to do those things that we really ought to have integrated into our daily life. But sometimes we don't because we don't have that, that reminder, or even you might even say peer pressure, you know, you might, you, when you're in the assembly, you sort of have this, you know, community type of an environment that forces you to to engage in those spiritual disciplines when you're in your everyday life maybe not so much um and and so it's the same i think with the podcast you know we, we've sort of built this into our schedule and into our life to have these conversations um and it it forces us to do it so to speak although we're obviously not forced to do it uh right. but but it's maybe harder to integrate that into into our everyday life. For me, it started the other direction in that I was having these conversations anyway, um, and that was that was sort of the norm. Um, but but maybe I think particularly where I was in Abilene, 
uh, for the first time in my life, I had people in my life um, that that engaged me on that level for so so many times as the preacher. It's it's so funny. I'll get done preaching a sermon, and I always use this as an example. You know, if I if I tell a story about a rabbit, and I say, "Hey, when I was a kid, I had a pet rabbit," and then I go on and I preach this sermon for thirty minutes, and mm-hmm. then I get done. The only thing people want to talk about is the rabbit. You know, hey, I had a rabbit, or I saw a rabbit the other day. You know, and it's like, well, I don't really want to talk about the rabbit. I'd rather talk about the spirit of God, or I'd rather talk about Jesus, or I'd rather talk about these things. But you want to engage me about the rabbit, um, and I think that that's because people are just so in a habit of, of keeping the conversation at a superficial level. And it's very difficult uh, to make yourself vulnerable, to open yourself up and reveal what you know or what you don't know uh, or what your insecurities are or whatever that may be. And I've been blessed to have people in my life who are willing and enjoy uh, having those deeper conversations who have, who force me on on one hand, uh, but also are willing to engage with me. So when I get done preaching a sermon and they come up and say, hey, I want to I'm going to ask you about this that you said, and why did you say this? And that really made me think about this. And I thought about this other passage. And then we really dig in and we get into this great conversation. And that's sort of the the evolution of what became the podcast was people that were willing to engage the preacher about those types of spiritual issues. Um, and and so it's it's really helpful to be that kind of a person that engages people about those types of spiritual issues and also to have people in our life to find people and be drawn to people that are willing to have those those deeper conversations. So I think either way we can do it. We can be mm-hmm. the person who is the impetus, who starts the conversation, who's the catalyst for that conversation or and or we can bring people into our life that seem to be the type of people that are willing and excited and enjoy having those types of conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there certain things like maybe if you had like, Hey, here's three things we need to be talking about more in the church. Do you Mm -hmm. have a, um, um, a list? (laughs) I don't know if I do. I'm asking, I'm trying to ask myself too. Uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't, for me, it's not a list. Um, For me, it's just the things that, that come up um, as, Mm -hmm. as we're studying, you know, as, as we're doing our personal study, or maybe we're all listening to the same sermons or we're listening mm-hmm. to the same Bible studies, or maybe it's, you know, hey, grab a book and, and, and you're reading the same book that your friend is reading. And then you talk about those things together. It may be a, a million different things. It may be a yeah. song and maybe whatever. And so it's really just where it, it really is so personal. And, and I think that that's the thing that's hard about these types of conversations is that they are very personal. It's where are you? What's going on in your life? What are you thinking about? What are you processing? Um, and so, you know, it, it's just having the, the audacity to bring up those things um, and making yourself vulnerable and saying, I'm really struggling. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a sin. You know, sometimes right. we talk about being vulnerable as revealing our sins and our struggles. And, and that's definitely part of it. Um, but it's also just struggling to understand something. And I, I was really blessed to grow up in a home where these are the kinds of things that we talk about. <laughs> my, my wife laughs at me all the time because uh, I'll get off the phone with my mom and she'll say, well, how's your mom? And I say, I don't have any idea. And she Hmm. said, what do you mean you don't have any idea? I was like, well, we didn't talk about how she was. We didn't talk about the weather. We didn't talk about what's going on. We talked about, um, you know, 
whatever this passage says. You know, we're talking about Romans 8. You know, I don't know. I don't know how she's doing because we were talking about Romans 8. So that's, that's just what we did in our house growing up in our family. Uh-huh. We would sing uh, hymns while we were driving down the highway. We would talk about scripture and we still do. And so when we have a conversation, it's usually about church or it's about scripture or it's about uh, something we're struggling to understand. And so that's, that, that's part of my DNA because that's the family I grew up in. Uh, but I want it to be part of my kids' DNA, that that's just normal, that it's normal to have conversations about spiritual things, that you don't have to be, quote unquote, at church uh, to have these types of conversations. So yeah, I think that that whatever the, the topic or the issue or the, the thing to be discussed is, it really depends on the person and what's going on in their life and, and where they are in their walk and, and what they're trying to understand at the moment. Yeah, because I like that because, you know, just kind of reviewing some of your episodes that you've done, like it's been about um, talking about uh, movies with somebody. Um, I know you reviewed, it's been a little bit now, but the new Paul movie, Mm. uh, it might be like over a year old now, but anyways, talking about uh, movies with somebody to talking about um, technology to talking about parenting. And, you know, you do have a wide range of of topics on on your website. And I think that's good because you're trying to meet people where they're at, I guess right. is kind of what you're saying. So if people want to yeah. talk about scripture, if people want to talk about social media and how people use it, um, I feel like those are are something that has has come up a lot is just, and we talked about this, I guess, at the very beginning to reference it, like how Christians engage in social media. I think that's something that I feel convicted. I don't feel like uh, <laughs> to... Yeah, to use what we're talking about. I don't feel like an expert on like, okay, this is how you should use it. But I do probably see things on social media that I'm like, why is this person, you know, posting this? And why are they replying to that? Um, what what do you think is like a healthy sense of how Christians can engage on, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram, all this stuff on the internet? I think a good rule of thumb is to try your best to take the anonymity out of it. Um, to okay. to not feel like you're engaging with an anonymous person, but that you're engaging with somebody who's real. This is this is a real person. This isn't a two dimensional uh, avatar. This is this is a real life person. They have struggles. They have friends. They have family. They have children. They've got a spouse. They've got parents. They they have. They are a real person. One of the things that that I keep in my mind a lot is that I've known some people that have had um, some pretty severe learning disabilities, uh, people that if you met them in person, uh, you'd have a whole lot of understanding about sort of where they are intellectually. And you would say, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm going to take what this person says with a grain of salt because, you know, obviously... Um, you know, they're, they're not, uh, they're, they're a person that has some learning disabilities. Uh, and so, so you know that when you, when you engage with them in real life, in, in person. But then I've seen them on social media, and you wouldn't be able to tell by what they write. Um, it sounds very coherent, although it's very belligerent or it's very dogmatic. And then people engage with them as if they're dealing with someone who doesn't have those learning disabilities. Um, And I think, oh, whoa, whoa, slow down. If you knew this person in real life, you would take what they said with a grain of salt. There's no way in the world you would engage with them like that. And Mm -hmm. I try to remember that, that you just don't know who you're dealing with. we, We assume 
we read one paragraph of something someone wrote, or maybe even a sentence somebody wrote, and we right. assume we know who they are. We know, oh, I know this kind of person. This is a troll. This is a whatever. This is a whatever. Well, but regardless, they are a real life person that you, you not only have an obligation to deal with them in love, but you also have an obligation to set a good example because there are people watching. For everybody who likes and loves and laughs and leaves a little you know, emoticon on right. your comment uh, or everybody that comments on it, there's at least 10 or 20 other people that read it and said nothing and you'd right. never know they were there. They're sort of Facebook stalking and they're right, reading right. these things and they're hovering above it and they're watching what we're saying but also how we're saying it. Um, and it's really hard to read the emotion that we're putting into it uh, when you're on the outside. So we have to go above and beyond to say, hey, I really appreciate that comment. That's an interesting perspective. I've never thought about it that way, but I disagree for these reasons. It's not wrong to disagree with someone on social media, but if we're doing it in such a way that says, I don't care about you, I don't like you, I don't care about your opinion, I don't care what you think, you know, if we're doing it harsh and unloving, not only are we hurting that person with whom we're engaging, but we're also hurting the people that are watching and listening to what we're saying. And there's been multiple times online where I've had a conversation with somebody and I'm, I'm mad, you know, because whatever, whatever they said, I'm frustrated at what they said. Yeah. But, but the, the, the rare times I've done well and engaged with them well, um, I've had some instances where they've private messaged me and apologized and said, you know what? It's, it's amazing how when somebody is harsh and rude and we're loving in response to them, it shames them. And sometimes that shame causes them to push back even harder. Sometimes yeah. though, uh, they, they, engage, they, they realize their own guilt and they realize, wow, right. I was really rude. I shouldn't have said it that way. Um, and so always respond with kind. I mean, th but this is, this is basic gospel living, right? I mean, Romans yeah. 12, you know, this is how we overcome evil. We overcome evil, not with more evil, but we overcome evil with good. Uh, and so we just, and, and when it's in writing, Oh, we have to be so very careful. Uh, I love the little smiley faces. Hey, there's a smiley face. Here's a winky face, you know, just so you know, you know, the emotion that I'm putting behind this or even just prefacing what you say and say, hey, you know, I'm going to say some things. I'm going to disagree with you, but please, please read it in a tone of love and kindness because I care about you and, and I love you and I want us to be friends. And so whatever we have to do to sort of put an addendum on it or put a preface on it to say, hey, read this in the right tone because I'm, I'm really coming at this with a, with a degree of love and care. Uh, and, and I think if we can engage that way, we just, we set a better example and we become um, attractive and magnetic. Um, people say, you know what? I don't know about those Christian people, what they believe, but man, I, I love how they engage with people online. And that's the furthest thing from what people are saying right now. Uh, right, so we, right. we just, we've got to do a better job. We got to do a better job. It, it is basic and simple. You know, when you talk about, okay, we overcome evil with good. We treat people with kindness and patience uh, meet people where they're at, but yet it's so difficult. And I was even thinking like, okay, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells people, if you have a problem with somebody, go to them. Yes. If you think somebody has a problem with you, you go to them. Uh, you think about, um, you know, we reference Galatians where Peter, um, gets confronted by Paul and it says to his face, like they didn't, you know, it wasn't through letters, right. you know, they met each other. 
and talk to each other and, and um just yeah it is basic it's been you know jesus said it it's you know it's kind of love your neighbor as yourself but i feel like we really need it <laughs> we yeah. really need that message and i sometimes i think my own like you know just talking about me like my own self-worth can be you know how many people liked this episode how many people listened to my podcast and then sometimes i'm like man if i was like a lot more controversial or a lot more rude i'd probably get more responses but yeah. that's like the total opposite of why i started it in the first place right uh, so it can get it can get so I guess humbling and convicting but it make it like brings me joy it's like well there probably are a lot of people who scan by my page and I never know they were there because yeah. there's not any big things that I'm trying to do yeah um, but yet it is such a big thing to me to like plant seeds of um, having conversations with people and engaging with people um, you talked about um, the reference of Peter and Paul that that was a big issue because it was, um, I would say it was, you know, racism, you know, dealing with the, the Jewish Gentile relationship. It wasn't racism based on skin color, but it was based off of culture and, and the way things were done. So that was a big, big deal. We, we need to think through, and it does take wisdom and discernment. Okay, what did make the early church so upset? Um, and like you said, a lot of times it was the you know, Jesus being harsh on the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were supposed to be the leaders um, and people up front. Um, yeah, so that, I don't know, it, it really, I guess, stirs a lot of things in me to just be talking about this issue with somebody with, with I think, this, the same passion of like, okay, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Hmm. You know, will Christians ever be the people that people look at and are like, hey, I want to do things the way they do things. I don't know. I'm trying. So we'll see. And, and, and it does. It makes, it makes a difference. And we feel like it doesn't. We feel like it's easy to feel like the controversial things, the fighting and the arguing, that gets all of the attention. Yeah. And, and of course it does. And it stirs up people's passions. And so, and, and that's the way the algorithms work, right? So on Facebook, you know, if, right. if people are commenting and arguing and liking and leaving the angry face or whatever, uh, then, then Facebook says, ah, ha, ha, I'm going to put this in more people's news feeds so that more people get stirred up and more people get angry and fight about it. Um, but, but, but we've got to remember, like you said, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? And if we can, through kindness and love and good conversations, even when they disagree, if we can help one person to move more towards Jesus, then we've done far more good than the fighting and arguing. If the fighting and arguing draws a thousand people's attention to that conversation, but yet all of those people are only getting more entrenched in their opposite sides. They're becoming more polarized. It's not helping move people together. It's not bringing about reconciliation and peace. It's bringing about more conflict and more polarization. And so the, the, the thousand people that are becoming more polarized, that's the opposite. And, and it's less effective than the one person who's moved closer to Jesus and closer to the people in their life. And so it's not about how many people we engage but about the transformation that's happening that God is doing through mm -hmm. us and through these conversations in the hearts and minds of people. And so it's better. It's better to engage and transform and help to, to move in the right direction one person than it is to entrench a thousand people in the position they held in the first place. Mm. 
I love that. And I need to, I probably need to re-listen to that because I, I Me need too. to. Me too. I need, yeah. I need to hear that sometimes. I can sure. get really caught up in, you know, you know, what am I doing? Is this yeah. any difference? But I, and I think of like the, like planting seeds and you never know what God's going to do with those seeds. That's exactly well, right. This is, this is really good. I've enjoyed talking to you. Likewise, brother. I, lo- I love that I can, you know, just engage with the, you know, as much as technology drives me crazy, it's so fun to like, hey, we're going to talk to somebody from Texas now and for sure. crystal clear sound and picture. And now, you know, we can put it up for all 11 of my listeners. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that, those are 11 people that you're blessing. So keep up the good so, work. Where can we find you on, uh, on social media? Uh, well, my, my blog is radicallychristian.com, um, and you can find it on Facebook or on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Wes McAdams. But uh, yeah, yeah, just go to radicallychristian.com, and you can find all the links there. Awesome. One of the things that you do is you also have like a uh, two-minute uh, quest- uh, answering questions in two minutes. That's kind of fun. So well, like- that's something I did a while back. I haven't, I haven't done, I've thought about, you know, re- revamping that podcast. Oh, okay. But I haven't done that. I haven't touched that in years. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I saw that. I listened to a couple of them and I was Good like, job. well, this is perfect. People, people like two minutes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Shortest, <laughs> short attention spans for sure. Cool. Thanks. Sure. Well, thanks brother. Today's artwork was done by Dominique Frazier. The intro was done by Scarlet Fox. The music you're listening to Josh Cleveland, and the creator and editor and producer of the Winter Faith Podcast, yours truly, Andy Frazier. Well, you did it again. You spent your time listening to my show. You probably could have spent this time playing games or binging Game of Thrones on your phone, but instead you spent it with me, so I thank you for your time. If you haven't already, downloaded and subscribed to the Winter Faith Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't already, please leave a review on iTunes with good, bad, or ugly feedback. Also, please consider supporting the show on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. However, I do accept Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, and any other way you want to contribute to the show financially. Okay, my commercials are done. Andy, out. <laughs>